All I want to do today is tell you a story about uh, my life with Jesus, how he has led me from being, I guess what you'd call a servant, uh, an early believer, into um, being a lover of Jesus. And what, um, what he's shown me along the way of himself, what he's required of me to keep saying yes to him. So I, I really just want to come up here and give my heart. And look, I might go off on one because once I start, you know, I often do that. But um, please open your hearts because um, Sonia and myself have been drawn to Wellington. We've uh, been to some other churches. We've ended up in Upper Hutt and drawn to Awaken. And many of the things we've heard talked about here um, have very much resonated with us. And we go, that's our life. That's how we're living. That's how we want to continue to live. So, okay. so can we just put up, uh, I've got one slide and I might just want to keep it up there. And you know this one, John 3.16, you know, yada, 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 everyone knows it. You see it on people's T-shirts at sports matches, right? You know, and we th it's just such a common one. But there's... I'm just going to leave it up there because there's a couple of things that always struck me from when I first met Jesus and two things I want to highlight. And that's, for God so loved the world, so loved the world that he gave. And... Over 25 years, I guess, of, of knowing him and, and pursuing him, um, I've learned more and more of just how much he gives. He gave his only son. And I, I often end up back at the foot of the cross um, and know exactly what he did for me. And so that's what I want to uh, talk about, just my own personal journey of becoming a lover of the one who loves my heart. So I was looking for God all my life and I found him when I was about 30 after trying pretty much everything else because I was looking for something in here. I mean, I dabbled in Eastern religions and God knows what. Well, he does actually. And because... Um, uh, I just saw a church or Christianity that was not freeing people, not, uh, not doing a lot of things, not speaking to what was happening in here. And um, at the end of the list was Jesus. And I think that's when I was ready because he put people across my path that just started talking to me about Jesus. Um, and that's where it began. I just started going, maybe there's something in this dissident carpenter from Palestine, which I quite liked at the start because I was a contractor and I liked working with wood. And I thought, man, the son of God must make really good tables and chairs, right? That'd be something to have. And then he introduced himself to me and then I knew him as the son of God. And that blew me away. That was, you know, an experience of Jesus. 
I used to be a roofer and I remember one time I was on a roof just not long after I'd met, met him and I just burst into tears just at his presence in me. And as a young Christian, you know, you're full of it, you're full of passion and fire. Um, but the things that I simply knew in my heart, I still have held on to for so many years. And there are things I've heard talked about regularly in this church. Um, I've heard prayed this morning. Um, I read the Bible. I read a lot of books back in the day, and I read the Bible, and I'd ring people up and say, what does this mean? What does that mean? And yet already in here, um, his spirit was revealing the simple truth of it. The thing that always sticks with me, um, Luke 17, 21, the kingdom of God is within you. And I, I don't know if I'm naive or just literal, but I thought, actually, I believe that. You know, he's not out there. He's not um, in huge, grand edifices. He's actually in me. And I thought, I want, a, I want a bit more of that. I'll try that. So um, we started off in, a, I guess, a charismatic Pentecostal movement, um, you know, and uh, we were going to, um, to some churches, to an apostolic church at the time, and we were sit sitting there and going, oh, yep, okay, this is good, we're learning about Jesus and all that. But quite quickly we just sat there and think, it's, I'm just, there's something missing, I'm not feeling it, I'm not... And uh, we were crying out in our hearts. And um, uh, Jesus answered us with, um, I guess, a community of people we've been involved with for 25 years that uh, um, we've learned to love Jesus and love one another in, which is pretty much all he's ever asked us to do, I think. So I'm not here to talk about the group that, that we, we, we're a part of. Um, I'm not here to, um, you know, convert anyone from what they're doing. I'm merely here to say um, this is my love relationship and my walk with Jesus. And the vehicle of Outreach International, that's the name of the group, Google them, there's probably about a hundred of them. Most of them aren't us. But I'm not here to talk uh, about a structure or a church. I'm here to talk about uh, simply saying yes to Jesus all the time. And I'm still doing that. And he has drawn me to... I remember when I first met the worldwide leader of this group we're involved with, bless him, Tony, um, as a very young Christian, just lit up by just the simple things they were saying about their intimate love relationship with God. Um, I said, you know what, Tony? People have been to the moon and they're trying to do all this. They've plumbed the depths of the ocean. And I said, you know... Living for Jesus is the last great adventure that we have. 
and that he was quite happy with that. He, and, and it is. It's been an adventure. So let me tell a story. Please give me a five-minute warning. <laughs> so we met this group. Sonia's sister actually was involved with uh, uh, London Outreach um, at the time, and, and they uh, sent us a book, just a brief book on the basis of, of I guess, their calling. And I've heard the same thing preached often in this church, and it's the story of Martha and Mary at Bethany when Jesus turned up with a whole bunch of people. And what, I guess, what simply was the focus of that and resonated in my heart was not the busyness of Martha, the, um, the friendship Lazarus had with Jesus, um, you know, you can talk about Judas and him moaning about the cost of what Mary did. It's about the unfettered, unbound love response that Mary gave to Jesus. And he said, this is what's important. And that, that so much spoke to me in the early days and has continued to grow for many years. So this group that we, we became a part of, they thought, oh, these guys, these guys love Jesus like we want. And um, so they moved to New Zealand and um, there was a number of families came and lived where we lived. We lived in Wanganui at the time. So I'll always be forever grateful. I met Jesus in Wanganui. Um, wonderful place. Um, and what started was uh, a 25-year, so far, love affair with Jesus and people who wanted the same thing. So when I heard the, the men of God who led, led, led us, um, the gifts of men, um, talk about intimate love relationship, I'd never heard that before. And I thought, what are they on about? You know, what is that? It was all a bit like, oh, intimate love relationship. Um, but as we kept walking that road, um, something lit up in my heart. Something was awakened. And it was just the passion that actually was already there, that is already in each of us. Because let's face it, he created us, you know, Jesus gave all that he was for his father that we may have the relationship he had. So we've been created, we've been purchased by the blood of our Lord. So how can we not keep saying yes? How can we not pursue to the cost of ourselves as Jesus laid down his life for his father, how can we not keep laying down our lives for the one we love, for the people we love? And I love that you can't love God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength and forgive me, I get a lot of scripture mixed up, um, and love one another. They're, you can't do one without the other. 
otherwise it'll be self-effort. And it'll always run out of juice. Um, when you are part of the vine, again, we've heard this stuff, and you remain in the vine, then his life is going to flow through you regardless. <laughs> I often think, actually I like lemon trees, but, um, and, and so, something of, um, of that is a lemon doesn't try to be a lemon. It actually just is. Why? Because of the tree, the roots, the vine, the sustenance, the life. It just is a natural fruit. And that's what our lives should be. The fruit of our lives should point to Jesus. Always. Because it's for his glory. So, many times over the years I've heard the question uh, around various churches um, in my own head and amongst the people we've grown in community with, like, that's all very well and good, but like, how do you do it? How? And of course, the Christian response, the church response, the worldly response is to box it up, package it up, put a bow on it and says, this is it, or this is it, or come here and this is it. Well, I thought he was the way. You know, so if he is the way, the truth and the life, then everything we need to give him what he wants is in him and in us. And therein lies the adventure. And it's costly. He paid a price. Our father paid the price of giving his only son. So... It's the nature of love. It's costly if you're serious about it. And over, over many years, I've got less serious about me and more serious about him. And in doing so, uh, I've, I feel I'm leading an extraordinary life in my everyday and ordinary life um, because of him. He is with me. I, I know that. So across many years I met Jesus, we, we were drawn into Outreach International and we lived in communities. Um, uh, and this would have been in the mid-90s maybe. And a couple of years after becoming involved and, and just having this wonderful feast of, of life, um, and God, um, I guess, scattered us would be the, the term we, we use. Uh, we all went on our adventure, um, which was an inner adventure, but it had a physical expression. And there was a lot of stirring of the group going on. They'd been um, sort of, and have been, quite uh, just a, a group of people uh, working out their discipleship, I guess you could call it, um, together with God and each other. And then part of that is um, 
do you really believe? Do you think I'm everything you need? And we're like, yes, well, well, let's go and respond to that. And so there was quite a scattering of people from the, the initial groups that we had dotted around the world, mainly Australia, um, the UK, uh, North America. And um, uh, we really felt that it was time for us to set our sails and get out of the harbour, literally. And um, this is very quick brush strokes here. And we, we felt God wanted us to, you know, up stakes and move to Ireland, um, which was lovely because my dad was Irish and I have quite a lot of Irish connections. And um, just for the privilege of believing God, we sold uh, our house, left our jobs and families and went to Ireland actually Cork in the Republic of Ireland. My dad's from the north, so he'd probably be turning in his grave, bless him. Um, we were headed for Belfast, um, but uh, once we got to the UK and talked to the people there, there was another family that was moving to Cork, so we thought, it's for relationship, we'll move there. And uh, we spent several years in Ireland, and that was... Um, it was just like the breaking open of us, of our perceptions, the starting to free us from the things that bound us to, to our lives and to um, show us his ways. Um, some examples of that. Uh, Sonia and me can't have our own children and yet we've been blessed with a lovely son, Justin, we adopted him, and we now have three grandchildren, and they all live in Ireland, so, you know, that sucks sometimes, but there you go. Um, but that was uh, just a dark and desolate time um, in our lives, and, you know, we, uh, me, as a guy, I don't think I learned to talk about my feelings till I was about 30, and it took the woman I love to show me uh, what that is. I would always tell Sonia what I thought. I think this, I think that. And it used to drive her nuts. Um, and one day it came to a point with, uh, you know, uh, going through talking about not having kids and what to do about it. And she says, um, I don't care what you think, what do you feel? And it was a pivotal moment for me because I said, I don't know what you mean. And I was 30 years old, man, you know. <laughs> she says, what, are you scared? Are you confused? Are you all over? And I said, yeah, but I didn't think you wanted to know that stuff because men have got to know what they think. They've got to have a plan. They've got to be able to fix stuff, right? And uh, I thought if I started talking about that stuff, uh, I would fall apart and I'd never get back together. But I did. And I did break open. And it led to life. Um, so, yeah, I was quite um, just averse to, to sort of going there in the early days. And again, we, we you know, brought Justin into our family. 
and we were in Ireland, and it, it's, it was unfinished business. So, um, and by then, you know, we'd, we'd really started believing more and more of what God, his truth. You know, I'm with you. I'll always be with you. Keep choosing me, no matter what. Keep letting go of the things that are in the way of you and me. And um, so we revisited uh, fertility treatment um, in Galway in the west of Ireland, beautiful place. Um, and we were unsuccessful. And uh, I remember one time um, where we decided, uh, we are in Galway in a restaurant, we decided to stop and just, no, that's enough. We need to move on. We have a lovely young fella. Um, and we were in a restaurant just talking about that, quite tearful, and um, started talking about our love for Jesus. And um, it was a beautiful time that um, we just realised, talking about him, that we both wanted him more than the thing that was most precious to us, having our own kids. Um, and at that time, like, we were a bit blubbery, you know, and the waitresses stayed away because they knew something was going on. And, and I swear, it, there was three seats at the table, and I swear he was sitting there with us. And I'll never forget that. And I know that is what he loves. Your will, not ours, Lord. And so you know yourselves, when God's touched you, you never forget those things. We liken it to climbing a mountain. You know, when you climb a mountain, they have these things, they bang into the side of the mountain and rope themselves in. I think they're called pitons or something, I'm not sure. Um, but that was one of the times. And, and, and our, our, our growth, our upward climb to his world has been moments like that, that have been costly and, and painful. And yet, when you put that in, you never fall back below that. Your brain will keep telling you that, oh no, it's, this is just like, you know, all a bit not real. You know, every day, I still, I still got to wake up, look in the mirror, and the little voice says, you're faking it, man, you still are, you're going to get found out. <laughs> And, um, and I go, yeah, wah, wah, whatever. That's just my mind. It's not the truth of who I am. It's not the reality of who Jesus says I am. So how dare I try and work hard to be anything else? And so my life has been about letting go of me. Um, and I can't do that alone. I have to do that in relationship. Many times I felt, I'm going to go away and talk to God by myself and um, sort out this thing I'm being convicted about, like how, uh, how I just want what I want, how I want to make it about me, even though it feels like honourable intentions, but it's still because it makes me feel good. How I... Uh, can't help but want my own way in my relationship with Sonia, in my relationship with anyone. And God's just kept peeling that. 
I can go away and go, no, 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 they're wrong. And um, yeah, good, we're good God. And you come back, but all you do is um, convince yourself that you're right. So it's his way. His way is a blinding light. And our hearts were made to stand in the light. Haynes, this morning I think you prayed about boldly coming before the throne room. Well, we can, without fear, because that's how he made us. I don't know how appropriate it is, but um, we all have a superpower. We have one thing that God can't do, and that's a choice. How vulnerable, and he won't. The creator of all and everything has said, here is life, it's your choice. Come and take the free gift, but it will cost you everything. I love that. <laughs> I love that. He can't. And the God I know, he's a sucker for faith. <laughs> Forgive me, Lord. He cannot help but respond to simple belief. And I'm not talking about the big grand things. I've discovered in your quiet time, in your daily walk, when the little quiet voice says, hmm, don't know about that. You know, yeah, but I want another beer. I want my eggs cooked a particular way. Yeah, ask me about that sometime. <laughs> Glory to God, <laughs> Mr. Fussy. <laughs> it's in that. When you know, no one else in the world won't, won't know, but he knows, and you go, actually, because I love you, I'm just going to make it about you daily, you know? And we can live like that. And that is, that is heart living. I continue to have to get my head out of the way. You know, how's that going for you, you know? <laughs> What's that saying? Um, man plans and God laughs. And I love that. I love that discipline. And it hurts a bit. You know, when, when some person says, I think you're, you're a bit off, you know, a bit off track there, Dean, or, or when you say that, what are you really meaning? What's behind that? What's driving that, you know? And um, it's like in his light, you feel like, oh, you're pinned down, and man, this is going to be costly. And they're the choices. Not, I'm going to save the world and go and do this and go and do that. Free, free ourselves first, and then the fruit of that will point to him. And I'm, I'm a warrior, and I don't mean with a shield and a sword. I'm naturally very anxious, and I might appear really calm, but, you know, the old feet are going <laughs> a million miles an hour. <coughs> God has led me into a rest that I can't describe. I can't tell you. I can't write you things or make or convince you that his life has the fruit of his spirit. Um, 
because I only know it when I look back and go, or someone else says, man, you've changed. <laughs> like, I don't drag the, the past with me anymore. I've walked back among ruins in my life, and instead of shamefully or condemning myself, there's a beauty of walking back amongst those things with him. And he says, this is how I see all this. It's almost like he um, holds all the stuff we hate about ourselves, we don't think we're worthy um, because of this or that. He holds it there and then he says, come to me, I love you. I'm not getting rid of that because how dare you try and not be the vulnerable, fragile, frail people that I made you to be, but come and live here. Come and live in my world and see that he is good. <coughs> How are we going for time, Sarah? Oh, have I? Okay. Yeah. So, there's far more than just doing for Jesus. He wants, you know, God created all and everything so he can have a relationship with you individually. This is the God of all creation. And if you were the only one, it would be worth it. For God so loved that he gave. It's his nature. And no matter what valley and darkness you've lived in, he is here. Always just waiting for your yes. I don't know how, Lord. Just come to me. Just start talking. Just start having the courage to be honest because fear is just a veneer. <clears throat> and I learnt that, you know, I learnt that. And continue to. I still get fearful. I'm like getting up and speaking. It freaks, freaks me out. But then when I'm talking about the one I love, I can't help myself. And so don't be afraid. Um, I love scripture. I mean, I don't, I, don't, um, I don't know it intimately, but I know when it comes alive in me. I read passages and go, man, that's me. He's talking about me there. I know that. And so that's, you know, with God's spirit in us, we're always called on. You know, I left my head behind a long time ago. But I know what I'm like. I want to overthink things. I want to rush ahead and make scenarios about what, what might happen. And he's saying, just come back and be here now. Because that's where he lives. And... It's sort of, humanly, I haven't wanted this. Look, I'll be honest, like humanly, I just want to do what I want to do. I want to live near the beach, get me surfboard, go fishing, um, you know, semi-retire, um, <laughs> look, all of that. And yet, every step along the way, I've said, I can have this, and man, I'm really tempted by that, but my heart says, oh, but I want you more. And so... That's been an adventure. 
not just in the physical. The kingdom of God is in here. The working out is in here. The bringing to life of him in your own life is in here. And anything that you do with God will always be a fruit. If you rush ahead of him and think you know, uh, you'll run out of juice. Absolutely. See it all the time. I, I think the thing... I, I, look, I've learnt many things, and i still got to get up each day and believe it. Not make myself like that, but believe it. And then he's actually free, and he's real. He's not an idea or just just something that we all look up there. It's a lot more comfortable sitting there going, oh, you're so big and mighty and I don't have to do anything. But if you want life abundant, you just keep saying yes. And it's everlasting. I was thinking the other day, <clears throat> man, I hope I really love God. God and Jesus, because eternity is a long time and I'd get bored pretty quickly otherwise. <laughs> but the... In here, my heart just knows that. Knows that it was made for him, to love him. And it can, my heart can contain the enormity of what my pea-sized brain is trying to, trying to understand. And I go, oh, I just believe God, that's a lot simpler, less stressful, um, still challenging and, and disciplined. Um, but that's part of it, fall over, just get back up and look at him again. So, I can say so much, um, but it's, a, it's in the lived out expression of your love together. We can't do this alone, you know, we're a body um, God's spirit is drawing those to himself that want to love him. It is no more complicated than that. We make it complicated. Um, I've had to let go so much about what I think. And it, it's sort of a wonderful emptiness that he can fill. And then I'll wake up tomorrow, go to work, and someone will press my button. You know, and I'll go, mm, you know, and I'll just know that my peace is here. Nothing can ruffle that. Whatever happens. So your circumstances are just that. We have the, the mountaintop experiences, and then we've got to come down and live in the valleys. And it's in the valleys that I know my God. I know I'm in my own life, my own valleys. So, I guess I just invite you just to trust a little thing that's in here that wants to grow. Um, take a risk of coming to the edge of yourself and the one most powerful thing you can do is say yes to him. Whatever that is in your life, now, it'll be something different next week, um, and step off. It's like that part, remember Raise of the Lost Ark or something, 
you know, and Harrison Ford, he's, <laughs> he's there and he's got, a, got across the last chasm and he can't see a bridge. And he, um, you know, I think he throws some dust on it so he's a bit of a cheater. But, <laughs> but that's faith. You step out knowing that until you've done that, the ground won't be hard under you. There's faith for you. When they were taking the ark down to the Jordan in flood, they didn't go, oh, she's a bit rough today, lads, you know. <laughs> Can't do it. They just kept going until their feet touched the water and then he made a way. It's faith. And it's only looking back you see what he's done, where he's taken you, simply because you've believed. So my encouragement, my, my joy, my life, for us all is that we continue to believe that he is the way, the truth and the life. The way to love and life, the truth about ourselves that he shows us to set us free are to have him and only him. So may our Lord's peace be with you all this week. Thank you.